This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, it's just about 11 weeks since Vladimir Putin sent his army across the border to Ukraine. It was a special military operation. He announced it was February the 24th. At that time, in Finland, 53% of the population were in favour of joining NATO. That number now is 76% in Finland. In Sweden, the numbers are equally dramatic, really. Support for NATO membership has jumped from 40% in January to 61% now. Tomorrow, Finland and Sweden seem certain to apply to join NATO. In Sweden's case, that will end a 200-year period of neutrality and being a non-aligned country. So Putin's war has had one dramatic effect in that context. To discuss other effects of that war, now we're joined by John Kampfner. John is one of the most distinguished British journalists and authors. He is former bureau chief for the Daily Telegraph in Moscow, chief political correspondent for the Financial Times, and a political commentator for Newsnight on BBC and the Today programme, and the author, I should say, of a very good book about Germany, Why the Germans Do It Better. John, thank you very much for joining us. You're in Berlin, and I've mentioned there one quite dramatic change in the disposition of the Finns and the Swedes. Of course, there are many other consequences of this Putin war, but that in itself is quite a significant one, isn't it? Hi there, Eamon. Yes, I mean, this falls, there are so many who would have thought moments with regard to Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Just to step back a, 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 a tiny bit, if Putin had, in January, February, said that he was going to try to link the two bits of territory that the Russians had seized for themselves in 2014, Crimea and the Donbass area, there would have been a lot of huffing and puffing in the West, but I think he would have got away with it relatively easily, just with a few extra sanctions, but he would have factored that in anyway. That's pretty much all he's going to end up with at the very best of his expectations, one imagines, at the end of all of this. 
and look at the negatives that he has produced, obviously by a factor of, of, of so many, the, the death and the destruction, the awful war crimes and everything else. He's also turned his country into an international pariah, certainly as regards the West is concerned, not so much elsewhere. Economically, it has suffered a lot. NATO, to your point about Sweden and Finland, two countries, Sweden proudly neutral for 200 years, Finland not doing it simply because it was so scared of Russia and had such a long border with Russia, they will very shortly be firmly in NATO. Central and Eastern Europe is so much, with the exception of Hungary, so much more on board now and so much more zealous in uh, confronting and defending themselves against Russia. The transatlantic relationship uh, with the United States is stronger. Germany, albeit with great difficulty, is, in the best sense of the term, rearming. So Putin's got the exact opposite of what he wanted, and it's just sometimes worth just looking at that big picture, and where does he go from here? Yes, and I want to ask you about his position now. It would be fair to describe this as Putin's war. It is his. He owns it, doesn't he? Well, yes and no, actually. Uh, in some ways, yes, it is his war in this respect, that it was his decision to wage it. He absolutely didn't need to. And had he not done so, he would have continued to achieve his objectives. He was undermining Western democracy reasonably well. Russia was not facing any particular threat. Ukraine was a bit of an irritant, but no more. So in this respect, strategically, whether he was given duff intelligence, whether the intelligence chief was so scared that they gave him things that he wanted to read, or did he ignore that? We don't know that yet. So strategically, it was his war. But I think when you say it's Putin's war, emotionally, it lets the Russians off the hook. Yes. Um, he, in, he is, of course, leading it and orchestrating it, but he also reflects a very deep and strong swathe of grievance-filled Russian nationalism, which yes. if ever Russia is going to be at ease with the world, um, and it's so deep-rooted in Russian history, that that is really the the disease at the heart of all of this. You know that this territory, you go back to when you were there as bureau chief for the Telegraph, when Yeltsin was around and the, the Soviet Union was breaking up. This is a time of great trauma, of course, for the Russian people. But in a wider sense, since Putin really got control of the country, there's been an awful lot of, it seems to me, wishful thinking about Russia, and in particular about Putin. The G7 became the G8 to include Russia. People thought that he was a man, to paraphrase Mrs. Thatcher and Gorbachev, that we could do business with. With your knowledge, John, was that a terrible mistake that was made by the West? This idea that somehow this man who appears now when we see the rape, the pillaging, the destruction, the barbaric behavior, this seems to be a man that you would never want to do business with. He has become monstrous and is responsible for terrible, terrible crimes. You used a very 
useful word there, become. The question is, was he always like that? Um, Or Mm. has there been a steady progression? I would actually answer it was a bit of both. Um, There's been an enormous amount of wishful thinking in the West, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. There's also been, uh, and it should not be forgotten, a huge amount of opportunism in that so many people, particularly, well, everywhere. I mean, Germany in where I am, in terms of the energy sector, in terms of big business and that side of things, France and Italy, um, likewise, in different business dealings, you could go around Europe and the world, um, American banks, um, you go yes. to that, the, the absolute epicenter of opportunism and dodgy dealing is London, otherwise known as London Grad, where many people, many Brits, have grown filthy rich off the back of prostrating themselves yes. before uh, Russian oligarchs, people who grew wealthy in the 1990s simply by nicking the raw materials, um, oil, gas, and precious metals, or People and then, as a result, they ingratiated themselves with Putin when they realised they had no choice. Or pe- people around Putin, Putin's friends and cronies, and Putin himself, um, who literally just wrote checks for themselves for billions of dollars, um, and uh, then laundered their money and their reputations through London. So there's that side of things. On the political side, well, in a, in a sense, governments have to expect the worst and hope for the best. And there was an element, particularly in Putin's very first years, he took over on New Year's Eve, um, coming into the millennium 2000. And he talked the right talk. And George Bush said he could, George Bush Jr. said he could look into his eyes. And and he took Tony Blair to the Marinsky um, uh, Ballet in St. Petersburg. He took tea with the queen, um, etc. People were trying to bring him into the fold. Um, yes. And all the way through the 90s, there was a strongly held view that communism had lost. As a result, democracy had won, and the two are not necessarily the same thing. And the more you cement, the, the more you incorporate uh, new economies, as they were called, into Western-stroke global financial structures, the more that would have a political effect. The former happened, but the latter didn't. You can argue at what point should the West have smelt the coffee. They certainly should have done by 2014 when um, he did his first uh, smaller invasion of Ukraine and annexed Crimea. But there were many occasions, possibly between about 2005, 6, 7 and 2014, not least uh, various poisonings in the UK and elsewhere. Yes. When, um, but, but there wasn't that groundswell of mood for it. You would never have got the Swedes and the fin- Finnish public opinion to endorse NATO membership. You would never have got German public opinion to endorse uh, the injection of the staggering 100 billion euros. Yes. Um, into their rather depleted armed forces. We can see this war in a way that I don't recall seeing a war before. And I single out Sky Cable News Channel, Sky Television, for their brilliant coverage of it in so many ways. 
and from so many perspectives. But we see the suffering, we see the devastation, we mm. see Mariupol, we hear of Ukrainians being sent to remote parts of Russia, including children, stripped of all documents, appalling crimes, sexual crimes, and it is very, very moving, and it is, I'm sure, those numbers I read at the beginning from Finland and Sweden, in, in particular in Finland, where the number of pro-NATO people were 53% before the invasion is now 76%. That Those people are seeing the same pictures. And it's war, as I don't recall seeing it before. Maybe you, I, I'm having a memory lapse, but can you recall seeing as much as vividly as we've seen of this in the 11 weeks it's been going? Well, I think the big difference is social media. In terms of television, I remember when the Brits and the Americans were bombing Libya back in the 80s. Yes. Margaret Thatcher and her henchmen got very cross with Kate Hady and the BBC. Yes. So the power of nightly news television pictures, we remember them from Vietnam as well, um, has been around for some time. The huge difference now is technological and the way we consume and construct news through social media. And uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the uh, Ukrainian president, has been an absolute past master, um, as has his government, in getting the message out. And the Russians haven't. The Russians have been an absolute disaster area. They are so stuck in completely... Um, Soviet-era style of propaganda. And of course, it is um, making sure that a vast swathe of Russian public opinion is behind it because such is such are the restrictions at the moment, such are the punishments for interacting with social media in a way that is not that is seen as anti-patriotic. But it is not winning hearts and minds among neutrals. And the Ukrainians have absolutely won the propaganda war on that. And that, as we know from warfare, makes a huge amount of difference. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, the actual fighting in the war and how Ukraine is faring on the battlefield, that also appears from many reports to be going very well because A, the Russian fighters aren't very committed. B, their machinery, their hardware is from the past, shall we say. And the supply lines are breaking down. They don't really want to fight and they're being pushed back. They have to give up in Kiev, for example. All of this seems to reflect, as well as, of course, Finland and Sweden joining up with a galvanized NATO, all of this reflects very badly on Putin. And I wonder, is it dangerous? How dangerous is it that he doesn't appear to have an exit strategy now? May the, the 9th, the victory day, that was a bit of a damp squib. Where does he go and how dangerous does that make him? It's interesting, his May the 9th mini speech at Red Square um, was significant for what he didn't say and the way he looked. It was yes. um, an invocation of the great heroism of Soviet forces in World War II. And it's always worth remembering that 27 million yes. uh, Soviet, not all Russians by any means, and this is often mistaken, Ukrainians, Belarusians, Baltic, Central Asians, um, and others, but Soviet citizens died in the Second World War, yes. often in the very worst um, uh, way in terms of German war, hideous war crimes on the Eastern Front. So when Putin invokes the Second World War, he's absolutely preaching to the converted. It is absolutely scarred in the memory of uh, Russians of all generations. They are brought up to see this as the greatest act of heroism. But the problem with historical memory is that it also allows countries to live in the past. Yes. And, you know, 77 years ago since uh, VE Day, and in some ways Britain in a very different way, labours under the same problem of so much of its sense of pride is drawn from events eight decades ago. And in my view, that's always hold it back, held it back, but that's perhaps for another time. But the Russians are absolutely like that. And, and Putin did a lot of that. He was comparing nonsensically the Russian um, so-called um, special military operation to rid Ukraine of its so-called fascists um, and comparing that with the Second World War, which was completely ridiculous. But the fact that's all he did and said nothing else, didn't do any further declaration of war, led lots of people to scratch their heads and think, well, 
is that the end of it? I think it would be far too, and Russians are bombarding, killing, maiming, you know, every hour somewhere in Ukraine. So there's absolutely no sense. And in any warfare, wars that could last many, many months or years, there are always lulls for regrouping or whatever else. We don't know what the Russians are going to do. If anybody does, it's the American security agencies, and they're sure as hell not telling anybody um, what they know. Do they do, do people? Is there any truth or merit in these many rumors about Putin's ill health? You can read some yes. uh, rumor-filled story in any publication most days of the week. Are the generals and the others, the Siloviki, the security apparatus around him, getting restive? You just don't know. And there's certainly so far no convincing evidence of any of it. In terms of the wishful thinking we referred to earlier, the same kind of wishful thinking applies or did until very recently in the relationship with China. When this settles, as it eventually must, maybe, <laughs> unless Putin decides to use a nuclear weapon or indeed chemical weapons, is the world different? Does the West have to reassess its values and its relationships with China, with other tyrants, and of course with Russia? Well, there's two sides of things. There is one living in the world as it is, as opposed to the world you would like it to be, yeah. or you would wish it to be. And there is another, which is ingratiating yourself and doing favors for and and supplicating yourself to people whose systems are inimical to yours you have to live in the world as it is yeah. uh, you you know china is pretty much on the same economic level what's going through some difficulties now with the pandemic and the shanghai lockdown economic figures growth figures for the first quarter in china are pretty disastrous but in the round china is uh, pretty much matching America for GDP, and there are various predictions for when it will take over. Massive military arsenal, huge amount of diplomatic sway, not just in Asia, but all over the world. And you can't wish, and it's a one-party state uh, ruled yes. incredibly tightly, you can't wish it to be anything else. And you have to deal with it as it is. And there is, you, you know, unless you want to, um, and that's a choice, but it's a very dangerous choice, you cannot be in permanent hostility with yes. your ideological structural adversaries you just have to work with them but there is a difference between working with people respectfully calmly but at a distance and seeing areas where you can do business um, diplomatic business together such as non-proliferation dealing um, with iran and other countries like that and sort of sucking up to them and what the west has done is far too much of the latter it just needs now a very cool sober approach to the next decade or so in how it deals with um, adversaries and dictatorships, authoritarians around the world. I mean, Henry Kissinger was one, I mean, what you've just advocated there or outlined was the Kissinger approach, wasn't it, when he and Nixon went to China and there was a rapprochement of a kind with Mao. But that China has no longer exists, does it? No, I mean, that, that China was a lot weaker, um, and that China didn't collapse in the way that the Soviet Union did, but Deng Xiaoping, that led to um, massive reform movement economically, 
but no political reform, or precious yeah. little. And as we know what happened in Tiananmen Square in 1989, and certainly in the last three or four or five years, Xi Jinping has absolutely tightened his stranglehold. And many people would, would argue, if you take the Singapore model as an example, that authoritarian states usually do themselves a disservice when they don't give people room to breathe. And that is what has been happening in China over the last several years. But the Chinese will work that out. We have to work out how to live with China. We should not be letting them um, taking over the uh, South China Sea and building their own islands and um, stretching their own military might in a way that will be dangerous for uh, Western allies. Um, Japan and Korea um, and others have really uh, become a lot more savvy about dealing yes. with China, as has India, which is playing a very interesting neutral game uh, with regard to, to Russia and China. But it's absolutely the case. Um, I mean, no, history does repeat itself, but it also it repeats itself in a different form. We are, to a fairly large degree, back in a Cold War situation, which had long periods of calm and periods of great stress and danger as well. And there are third countries that um, are open to be wooed, whether it's by China's Belt and Road Initiative, whether it's by Western initiatives, or whatever. But ultimately, the West is only going to not prevail, because I don't believe in sort of ultimate victory. It's only ever going yes. to be relatively strong if it practices what, what it preaches, if it behaves in a manner that merits respect. And God help us all, if, as is eminently possible, Donald Trump comes back in two and a half well, years. <laughs> he came into my mind about <laughs> 20 seconds ago, and I thought, we haven't got time to yeah. go there. But it is absolutely true to say, I'm sure, that many people, most people, dread the thought that he might be president of the United States when this, so something like this crisis uh, happened. I just want to ask you a final question. Britain has made a very good contribution and an early contribution, much as we do not like Boris Johnson around here. I'm You're sure. not the only one. No, I'm sure we're not. Um, and he's in, he's in Ireland today trying to fix a mess that he created. But yeah. the point is that Britain did step up to the plate. Of course, it was useful to him to detract attention from Partygate and all of the nonsense he's involved in most of the time. But Britain, as a nation and as a, a force in the world, was able to be helpful in this effort. I want to ask you the final question about how can we safely get out of this and can it be done without getting rid of Vladimir Putin? Yeah, I mean, on your first point, uh, Eamon, the, yeah, so I mean, I do a lot of work now with, with Chatham House and produced a paper yes. last week and uh, reproduced it in uh, the Times uh, in, uh, of London, um, looking at Britain's record so far in the two and a half months since um, the February 24 Putin invasion. And the immediate conclusion has to be for the two and a half months and for the six, nine months prior to that, that Britain was more prescient, was sharper, yes. was more courageous, uh, was able and willing to take risks, as did the United States, but as did not much of Central Europe, not least here where I am in Germany and France 
and elsewhere. The Baltics were keen to several of the Central Eastern Europeans, the Poles, the Slovaks, the Czechs, uh, the uh, Romanians, the Bulgarians were keen to. Um, but uh, generally, the Brits were, uh, and you know, I say this slightly through gritted teeth because to compliment this Johnson government is not something <laughs> I'm prone to do, but it has been strategically um, much sharper. Yes. The, it, that masks um, the massive hypocrisy, as we've been talking about earlier, London and Boris Johnson himself, con- Russian money to the Conservative Party, Russian money for Brexit, and all of that. Oligarchs in the Lords. Oligarchs in the Lords, Johnson <laughs> playing tennis with wives of oligarchs, um, etc. I mean, the, the whole utter um, hypocrisy of the whole thing, this sort of Johnson as the saviour of the free world and the brilliant Ukrainians. He probably didn't know how to spell Ukraine before you know, he came into office. You know, he was just so sort of um, focused on um, the sort of bling aspect, as yes. were so many in Britain, of yep. all of this. Plus, militarily, the Ukrainians were asking uh, everyone, including the Brits, many years before 2021 to help, and we were not doing that. That said, it has been um, a, a good recent record. It'll be interesting to see what happens to your second point about when we get, and we're not there yet, into the post-war, now what do we do, negotiation yes. moment. The Ukrainians are not. What's interesting, I mean, Zelensky has said he will talk to Putin and no one else. Putin, I think, feels that he would lose an incredible amount of face if he was forced to a negotiating partner the table yes. with Zelensky as an equal partner. He basically regards Zelensky as um, as non-existent and Ukraine as just a subdivision of Russia. So this would be um, a painful acknowledgement by Putin that his contorted, distorted worldview has been defeated. But I do fear that we are not anywhere near that yet. Okay, John, we're very grateful to you for joining us from Berlin. That's John Kampfner. Thanks to John. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.